Pastor Michael E. Tan. I'm the senior pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. We're at 311 North Dunbar, 55 miles south of Oklahoma City. We want to welcome you to today's program. Today you're going to be listening to a word either from myself, my lovely wife Kimberly E. Tan, or associate minister at Bethlehem, or teacher. But before we get into word today, we just want to welcome those who are listening throughout our MySpace page at www.myspace.com backslash Pastor Michael Eaton. That's E-A-T-O-N. Maybe listening through our church website at www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com or podcast of the same name, Hear God's Word at Bethlehem or through our Women of the Divine Faith or other ministries all on the internet. Now, let's get into the word. We'll move all the doubt and cause the sun to shine and give us peace of mind. Speak, It was your victory. Okay. I couldn't help but think that was what we're going to talk about tonight, talking about the, 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 the 12 stones, the 12 stones, when they looked at those stones, those stones were like trophies, but the trophies didn't remind them of their own accomplishments. The trophies or the stones remind them of whose accomplishment? God's accomplishment. Amen. God's accomplishment as we look into point number one, the formation of the stones. Uh, we already saw that Joshua set up at Gilgal and the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. And uh, Joshua 3.17 says, And the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed until the whole nation had complete the crossing on dry land. So those, the formations of the stones would remind them of, just like some of your trophies, when you look at your trophies, you were, you're reminded of your own accomplishment, what you did, how you accomplished it, and the, everything, the blood, sweat, and tears that went into accomplishing that. When they looked at those stones, those stones would remind them of not their own accomplishments, but of God's accomplishment. And I couldn't help but to think, uh, I got a lot of trophies too when I was growing up. Uh, like some of you, I don't know where they are. Um, but um, I couldn't help but to think that as I look and I survey my life, I don't have any of these kind of stones in my life right now that reminds me of the victory that God has given. Can anybody here say that they have those kind of stones or memorials that, that shows to you personally what God has done in your life? Anybody? I couldn't have a think. I need to become a better uh, stonesman. Whenever there's a great victory in my life, I need to set them up just like I, I set up all my trophies. My mother couldn't stand my trophies because to her, that was the world drawing me away from what God had called me to do. I was good in those areas. That's what I wanted to do. And God and my mother knew that, you know, there was no trophies for preaching. 
<laughs> so, uh, but uh, I couldn't help but to think, what if I, after every great thing that God has done, what if I just bought something that would remind me every time I saw it of God's victory? I mean, and, and it doesn't have to be every large victory, but what if, uh, I mean, every small victory, but what about those large things? What if, uh, if I had to go to open heart surgery and, and believe that God delivered me, what if I set something up to remember? Mm-hmm. Just set it up like a trophy. Set it up in the window. Like this, like a trophy. What if I did that? What if after every major event, what if I say, huh, I'm going to just put this up just to remind me. And before you know it, each day if I walked in that room and I saw, wow, God delivered me from surgery. God delivered me out of bankruptcy. You know, just had all these memorials up. What would that do? That would build my faith. Hello, somebody. Because you'll have something to see that God, what God had done. And not only that, like in the text, what if you had somebody like Jacob going up, he raised up, and he saw those things. You'd be able to explain it to to Jacob or, or your children or your grandchildren. Oh, this reminds me of what God has done in my life. What if you had those kind of formation stones in your life? And I, I want to challenge you to start doing this. Because I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't have any stones. But I, when I think in my mind of all that you've done, I could have a whole, like the trophies I had, I could have a whole lot of uh, stones to, to remind me of how good God has been to me. Hello, somebody. What if we did that? And what if that's the place where we go and do our devotions and go and pray? And this place that will remind us what God has done. That's what those stones were represented. Uh, it, it will remind them of what God did. God did a great. Would there be any evidence after it? Was there any evidence that uh, other than those stones that they crossed the Jordan? There wouldn't have been no evidence. <laughs> Nothing to remind them. Just kind of what we do and how God delivers us. There's A lot of times there's no evidence, so we need to start learning how to put up stones to remember. Hello, somebody. I said, Lord, I don't have any. Out of all you did, not thought in my head about just what he did last year. You know? And I thought, boy, that would be, you know, that those are stones that I could just look at and remember Lord, you did all these great things in my life. And not only for me, but for the next generation. Uh, they call them standing stones. Standing stones. And this is a little uh, video that uh, I believe his name is pa- Pastor Andrew Cook shares. Uh, he was over uh, at the Dead Sea and he saw some stones.
Dead Sea today, lowest place on earth, and we've come across some of the most unusual landmarks you'd ever want to see with political slogans on there and people's names. Why in the world would someone go to all the trouble to stack these rocks on top of one another and then to leave messages for others to see? Well, in, in the Middle East, in Israel especially, going all the way back into Bible times, this is a tradition simply called the tradition of standing stones. When Moses and Joshua led the wandering Hebrews to the edge of the Jordan River, Moses gave clear instructions to the nation to set up standing stones as a reminder of the law that God had given them. A short time later, Moses died and Joshua took over the responsibility of leadership. His first task? He had to lead hundreds of thousands of people across the flooded Jordan River. God miraculously stopped the flow of the Jordan and the entire nation crossed the riverbed safely. At that point, Joshua did not forget the command to set up a memorial of God's promised blessings to those who obey him. He sent one man from each tribe back into the riverbed with instructions to bring back a stone. He then set up the twelve stones as a permanent memorial. Joshua must have been ecstatic about the miracle. It was his first big challenge as a leader, and he had no intention of letting the next generation forget the miracle. In the future, Joshua said, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean, tell them. Maybe, it's a, maybe today is a day when you'd like to set up a, a standing stone. Has God done anything really wonderful for you lately? Do you remember some part of His faithfulness that's really stunned you? Well, take a stone and put it in your garden. Put it in your yard somewhere. And not only is that a great way to remember what God has done for you, but think of this. When your children or your grandchildren or your friends ask you, why is this stone here? You can tell them about your standing stone. Amen. The standing stone. The future of the stones. And he just shared it with us. And he said to the Israelites in the future... Your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Uh, you'd be able to tell them what it means. So, even as I was doing this study, I was like, Lord, I have to become a better memorializer. I've got to. Uh, and, and, and I was thinking it didn't necessarily have to be stones. Uh, but in the text, we were dealing with stones. And, and, and Pastor Cook said, put up a stone in your garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was thinking that uh, it doesn't have to be a stone. It can just be something that's maybe prevalent to what you went through. You know, I was thinking about what God did for me two years ago, and it was on the program. I was thinking about, you know, where I could uh, remember what God did. It's probably just get it framed and mad it. And, and, and it's a program, just hanging up on the wall. And every time I see it, I would say, huh, that reminds me of what God did for me back then, which was an awesome thing. Uh, so uh, I want to challenge you. When God does something great uh, to, to you or for you, uh, it don't have to be every little thing. Uh, Another way that, that people can memorialize what God has done is through a prayer journal. Uh, I don't know if you've ever kept a prayer journal before, but 
Many times you'll pray about some things and, uh, and you'll forget about it. But if you go back uh, maybe six months or a year and you say, hey, I prayed about this and then you'll know the answer and say, huh, God did this. Wow. God did this. Wow. God did this. So I want to challenge you. Uh, uh, as a stone of a memorial, maybe keep a prayer journal. Say, uh, I'm going to see what God is up to. I'm going to see what he's done. Uh, not only in my life, but in other folks' life. Uh, I'm going to do my best to remember what God did. So that if I go through a similar trial, all I have to do is say, hey, he did it for me then. <laughs> And he can do it for me now. Hello, somebody. Uh, and, and, and this is a very practical thing that you can do to kind of exercise your faith, kind of exercise your faith. Uh, let me ask this question. Uh, what have you done today that your future self or future generations will praise God for? What have you done today that your future self or future generations can pray uh, the Lord for? Can you answer that question? Anybody? Don't jump in all at one time. By serving the elderly. Okay, you serve, you serve the elderly. Yeah. Okay, and, and you did it today, mm-hmm. and, and you think it'll impact the next generation. Mm-hmm. What about anybody else? Done today, That ain't silly at all. I don't know nothing silly about that. That is, uh, uh, I got a. Uh huh. Huh. So, but you brought. Hey Amen. That's that's good. That is good. Um, I got a little message on uh, uh what they call the. Uh, the world's gospel page. I got a message uh, up there today from a, a guy that knew me when I was a child. And he said, Miss May, which is my mother's first name, that's what they used to call her back in the, in the hood. Miss May invested in you. And now you have blossomed into something great. And that was a guy from my childhood. I, mean, I knew back in sixth grade and all that. I didn't even know. Who is this person? Know my mama name. Yeah. <laughs> who is this person? Know my mama name. I had to think back and say, oh, I know who that is. That's from my old neighborhood. And uh, my mother was the same way. She didn't send me to church. She took me to church. And, and she took me. I mean, she, took, she was uh, superintendent of Sunday school. She sung in the choir. Uh, took me to BTU. Hello, somebody. We don't have BTU no more. Uh, but she she did all that. I mean, she took when the doors was open. Guess what? You I was there. Uh, like one of them, one of the people that said they got. I get to you, Tim. We okay. said I, 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 I got. A, I grew up having a drug problem. 
said, you drunk, Bob. How you have drunk? My mama drug me to church. Eleven Wednesday Saturday. Go ahead, Tim. Talk about the future in it. Future generation. There's a guy. I worked down in Ardmore to find him. There's a guy who worked for me and made his wife. We did it for her. And, uh, but you're such a friendly guy. I know. Me and him butted heads. Well, he got into some trouble. And during all that clashing, I had time to talk to him. And, and I shared with him what God will do for me. I said, God will put no more on you than what you can stand. Mm-hmm. son. And what was so weird about it, I hadn't seen him in maybe seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. Back then he was going through the storm and he came to work at the Winnie Refinery with me, with us rather. And we were working together one day. We, we wasn't clashing. We were good then. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was talking about what he went through, and he said, you know what got me through that, Tim? And I said, what is that? He said, what you told me years ago. Wow. God's That's not going to put no more on you than what you can stand. Mm-hmm. And I hope that mm-hmm. th- when he went through that storm, I hope he shares that with his kids. Well. And then his kids share with, with their well. kids. It gets rough out there. Yes. But yeah. you just got to hold on tight, you know yeah, what I mean? And that was a good thing. That, that kind of, it, uh. It made me feel good about myself. Yeah. Because back then, God was working with me then, and I didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was, mm-hmm. But it, it was cool. I enjoyed that. Amen. But I hope he passes that on. Oh, he will. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, that's an awesome thing, because you don't know what you said today to somebody. Uh, and, and, and they, like you said, they're going to be whispering it to their children. It's children. Just because you were there to see it. Amen. Amen. You never underestimate the presence that God has in you, the light and thought that God has in you. So uh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Anybody else? But I want to challenge you to be future-minded. Future-minded. Uh, I know I'm like this. I guess you get this way when you spend time with the Lord, but I'm, I'm always concerned about the next generation generation after that uh, matter of fact as I, as I was reflecting on why I want this building built to me I don't know that I'm going to spend much time in it I think it's really for the next generation that they're going to come along kind of like what we did in this building we don't have a clue most of us don't have a clue how this building got built as we've been trying to search you know we know the limitations of the people who were here back then uh, you know, from from maids and, and you know, and, but yeah, they they built a building that we take, you know, that and people come down from the city. They wow, they like what they see, and they they built this way back then. Amen. We have a little hankering of how the back part got built because Dr. Whitlow shared a testimony about how they didn't have any money at all and got it built. Uh, and uh, we have next generations of the children right now. That next generation is being trained. And I've seen some folk who come down and visit the church. And it's like they have starry eyes because they look and they remember back when they were back down there being trained up. 
And that's what Bethlehem means to them. And, and I think this business is for the next generation. Children's children, that's the Lord's. If the Lord tarries, children's children's children. And hopefully they'll do what we do, not know how it got done. So all we can do is give the credit to God. Amen. <laughs> it had to be God. <laughs> that's the only way it got done. Uh, so we got to remember that. Even, and there's, there's a text. I know most of you guys know it. It says that I am young and now I'm old, but what? If I live righteous today, uh, my children won't have to be on welfare. My children's children are going to be taken care of. I ain't going to say not be on welfare, but they they won't have to worry about food to eat because I decided to live holy today. My actions affect the next generation. Amen. That's, that's what happened for Abraham. He lived such a righteous life and blessings flowed from Abraham. That's what happened to David. He lived such a righteous, godly life that sometimes God wouldn't uh, discipline the people because of David's sake, because he lived righteous. So if you live a righteous life today... You will affect your children's, children's, children's lives uh, in the future. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. But let's go to this next uh, video. This is a video of the Ark of the Covenant, and we know that all the miracles started with the Ark of the Covenant being in the middle of the Jordan. They had to put it before them that we had to get back. We learned that this Sunday. Uh, I wish I had this uh, video Sunday. Uh, but this is a look of what, what the Ark of the Covenant looked like. And they shall make an ark of acacia wood. Two and a half cubits shall be its length, a cubit and a half its width, and a cubit and a half its height. And you shall overlay it with pure gold. Inside and out you shall overlay it, and shall make on it a molding of gold all around. You shall cast four rings of gold for it, and put them in its four corners, Two rings shall be on one side, and two rings on the other side. And you shall make poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with gold. You shall put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark, that the ark may be carried by them. The poles shall be in the rings of the ark, they shall not be taken from it. And you shall put into the ark the testimony which I will give you. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two and a half cubits shall be its length, and a cubit and a half its width. And you shall make two cherubim of gold, of hammered work you shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at one end, and the other cherub at the other end, and you shall make the cherubim at the two ends of it one piece with the mercy seat. And the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and they shall face one another. The faces of the cherubim shall be toward the mercy seat. You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. And there I will meet with you, and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim which are on the ark of the testimony, about everything which I will give you in command to the children of Israel. Amen. So 
this is the example of the Ark of the Covenant that was in between the waters that split the Jordan. <coughs> and the Jordan split and the people went across and God had Joshua send back 12 from each tribe to get these stones out. And when they got to Gilgal, they set these stones up. And here's the function of the stones. It says, and he did this so that all the people of the earth, now we've just been talking about the next generation, all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is what? Powerful. And so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Uh, this is the God that we serve today. Uh, we serve a powerful and mighty God. And I don't know what you came here today facing, but I do believe that God is able. And I believe these 12 stones are being a testament of what God did within the Jordan. And if God could split the Jordan, and then we hear about the Red Sea in the text, then God can split anything that you're going through. God can enable you to overcome anything that you're going through because he is God and God all by himself, that he is almighty, and thereby a Christian should never give up hope. Amen? Amen. Exodus also tells, and, and when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and, and Moses, their servant. And, and we're praying that God will show his mighty hand here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church that people would put their trust in God. That's why we have folk in the box and want to get more folk in the box. You have not put your ten most wanted in here. I know some of you are trying to get pictures. Um, and uh, if that's an issue, then just put the name. God know what they look like. Okay? If that's the issue that's kind of holding you back. Because we want to see folk God move in such an awesome way that, that people begin to put their trust in him. And there's still uh, souls to be saved. Amen? Amen. Amen. And we still today have an awesome and mighty and powerful God. We'll go ahead and discuss this and then we'll go into our time of prayer. Uh, do you have something in your life that reminds you of how God has worked in your past? Like these stones. I, I already admitted that I couldn't think of anything that I had that reminds me of what God has done in my past. Do, do you? have something that God did and you just said hey I'm going to take this to remember there's some things go ahead <laughs> one night I was hanging out and I, I'm not going to lie because I'm in church I was drunk I was, I was pretty drunk and uh, it was it was three of us it was me, a guy named Sean Lawson and one of her brothers Steve it was how you gonna call my brother out? <laughs> he didn't say he was drunk. He was with him. It stays on my mind because there's so many things that God has done for me that, that I can't remember. But this one thing, I drove from Ada uh. 
to uh, all side on the wrong side of the road. And it, it didn't click to me until I got right outside of town because I thought there was an ambulance behind me because all the cars had pulled over on the side of the road. Well, I know why now, you know. So there are things that that I have experienced that I know that wasn't done for God. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I have uh, things that remind me yes. Because I'm still here talking to you, you know what I mean? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. That is a wonderful testimony. What if you'd have took something, maybe, like a car steering wheel or something? Mm-hmm. Just put it up. Say, I remember. Every time you look at it, say, I remember that. Well, that's an awesome testimony. Cars pulled over. Wow. It was a long one. Wow. Mm-hmm. Talking about the Lord making a way. I've heard of the, uh, some folks that done had head, head-on collisions. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, maybe take something like on a car. Put it up. Say, hey, every time I see this, I remember what God did. Anybody else? I took her to the hospital because she had these 
This last summer, she graduated with honors. <laughs> and I couldn't help but think. She's talking about a living stone. <laughs> I don't even know if my daughter even knows that story. I need to tell her that story. 
about when uh, the doctors wanted to take her life. Wow. So uh, you're right. We're, we're all living stones. Amen. Right. And we have something in us that God has done many times we don't even share. We, we would have never known. Thank you for sharing. That's right. Because yeah. right. <laughs> uh, that, that builds our faith, builds our, our testimony. And, uh, but uh, the key to the stones is really to remember who God is. Amen. Okay. Remember the God that you serve. When you're out in the midst of the trials and the horrors that's, that it is to live, and it's, uh, the songwriter said, if it ain't one thing, it's another. Hello, somebody. Uh, but remember the God that you serve. That's what these stones were for, to help you to remember the God that you serve. I don't know what you face when you leave this place tonight, but I want you to know that God can <laughs> and that he's able the angel asked Mary, and I believe Luke 1, uh, 37, is there anything impossible, too impossible for God? We, say that we serve that same God. So as we go on our knees, you've been shared enough tonight to where it should build your faith to believe that God can. And you just go to God tonight and just pour your hearts out to him and, and ask him, to the lever. Ask him to set free. Ask him for healing power. Ask him for wisdom. Ask him for anything that you need because God's got it. Amen? Amen. Amen. All those who are able, please bow as I begin to lead us in prayer. Father God, we come tonight, Lord, just wanted to thank you and to praise your holy name, Father. Yes. Yes. We want to thank you, Father, and praise you, Father, for uh, the deliverance, Father, of the Israelites, Father. We want to thank you and praise you, Father, for those 12 stones of remembrance, Father, because those stones are speaking to us today, Father. Those stones are reminding us today that you're the same God that that parted the Jordan River, the little Jordan River, Father. You parted it. You stopped it up. You, you did it, Father. And those stones are talking to us today, Father, that, that you are that powerful God, that you are that awesome of a God. And, and Father, we come tonight, Lord, depending upon us, Oh, that God that uh, stopped the Jordan River. That God that parted the Red Sea. That that God. Uh, and Father, because you're that God. And that God, your word says that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Father, you're that God. And, and because you're that God, Father, we can come tonight depending upon you to do whatever it is that we need uh, to be done. Father, somebody came here tonight with a bowed down head. Father, we believe by faith uh, that that same God, uh, oh, that shut up the Jordan River is the same God uh, that can loose us uh, from our mind of depression, uh, can loose us uh, from a faithless mind, can speak peace uh, into our hearts, uh, that can speak joy into our spirits. Uh, before we leave here tonight, Father, we believe uh, that same God, uh, oh, that part it, uh, oh, the Jordan River is the same God, uh, Oh, that can touch a body that's sick. As we heard 
tonight about the testimony about somebody that had enough faith uh, to lay hands uh, and to begin to pray. Father, if we come tonight, uh, oh, somebody at the sound of my voice uh, may be sick uh, and we believe by faith uh, that that God uh, can touch, uh, that God can heal, that God can deliver. We believe by faith uh, that same God uh, that the blind man said, Jesus, uh, son of David, uh, have mercy on me. Oh, Father, we come tonight praying uh, to that same God. Uh, oh, Lord, in Jesus' name, touch uh, her body, Father. Touch uh, her bank account, Father. Touch uh, her marriage. Uh, touch uh, somebody that's single and alone. Touch uh, Father, in Jesus' name, Father, dispatch your angels uh, to somebody that's concerned uh, about work, Father. Go before them. Make the rough places smooth. Shatter the doors of bonds. Cut through the iron bars uh, and give them the treasures hidden uh, in secret places uh, that we may know that it is you uh, who call them by name. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Father, for Sister Denise, uh, we believe, Father, that your healing power is flowing to her right now in Jesus' name. We believe, Father, that you're dispatching angels. Uh, oh, at a work, Father, we pray, Lord, uh, that you be her right hand uh, in Jesus' name. That you be her right arm in Jesus' name. We believe, Father, by faith uh, that it's already done. Father, in Jesus' name. Uh, Father, we pray, Lord, uh, oh, Lord, for that person that's crying out to you tonight, Father, in Jesus' name. And we ask uh, that you touch, that you deliver, that you set free, that you do, Father, only what you can do for such a time as this. Uh, and, Father, we come, Lord, praying uh, for the mission of this church. Uh, we come praying, Lord, for the ten most wounded, Father, in this box, uh, uh, in our hearts, uh, uh, in our minds, Father. We pray, Father, that you convict them of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, that they may be saved and that they may come uh, oh, to this church, uh, saying, what must I do uh, to be saved? Father, there's somebody that's crying out uh, for a son. There's somebody that's crying out for a daughter. There's somebody's crying out for a husband. Somebody's crying out uh, for somebody that they love. Father, and we believe by faith, uh, oh, that you can do the greatest miracle. And that's the miracle of salvation in Jesus' name. Touch and move, Father, as only you can, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we come believing for that edifice, Lord, that's really for the next generation. Yes, Father. That edifice, Father, we believe that will sit there. Oh, should the Lord that tarry, oh, not, not come, Father. It's going to be there, Father, for the next generation, Father, that they may come to this place and to worship your holy name, Father, that they can come to this place uh, and have a testimony and a witness uh, and wonder how it was done. And may their example be that it must have been God and God alone, God and God all by himself that did it, Father, in Jesus. Hello again, this is Pastor Michael Eaton. I've been your host for today's program. And before we sign off, we just want to make sure that you have a personal relationship with God. You know, many people are waiting to have a personal relationship with God. They're waiting because they're trying to clean up their life or get right with God to stop smoking or cursing before they come to the house of the Lord. 
And you know what I tell them? There's nothing that you can do or stop doing that would make you right for a relationship with God. The thing that you must do, however, is take God's provision. You see, in order to get right with God, you have to meet him on his terms, and his terms is Jesus Christ. The Bible said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And the Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the Bible also said that God demonstrated his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. God's only Son, God's love, Christ died for us. So in order to get right with God, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you can do that today by praying this simple prayer. Dear God, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, and I believe in my heart that Jesus died for my sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day. Dear God, come into my life, come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Amen. And praise the Lord. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, then the angels in heaven are rejoicing. For now you are a child of the living King. Because you're a child of the living King, you have to find God's family, and that's what the church is. The church is God's family here on earth. With love, believe by faith that you've been born household of faith here at Bethlehem again we're at 311 North Dunbar in Paul's Valley Oklahoma 55 miles south of Oklahoma City we'd love to see you in our services but if you're listening throughout the world listening throughout the United States Canada United Kingdom or even China we're going to pray that God will deliver you to a Bible believing Bible teaching Bible living church where you can grow up and the things of God. We want to thank you once again for listening. And again, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to find a church home, a baby born. It needs to be a baby born in the family because babies can't make it on their own. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are a spiritual baby. Thank you must find a church home. Again, we want to thank you for joining us today. And I'm going to give us a final benediction. A benediction is a final blessing. Father God, we thank you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name that you would bless everyone at the sound of my voice, especially the new children of God. Deliver them safely to a church home and put your hedge of protection around us all. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again, either here in Cyber Church or in the service. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello again. This and is Pastor Mike Tom, the senior pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. We want to take this opportunity to see if God used this message in your heart. If if your life is changed, if God really spoke to you and touched your heart and changed the moment in your life, we just want to thank God for how he's working in your life, but we also want to take this opportunity to see if we can get you to sow a seed in the life of our church. Right now, we're entering into a building program, and we've calling this program Vision to Reality. And This is phase one of our building program, and I've told many of our members, you know, I may not serve at a mega church, but I do serve a mega God. 
not living in a mega city. This is Paul's Valley. But we serve a mega God because we're heard all over the United States and different countries and kingdoms. And we're believing that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills where you are. And if you take a moment and go to our church website at www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com. And you can hear it. Uh, tap the link on the MySpace page. Or uh, just go to the front page of our website at www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com. And scroll to the bottom there. You'll see Vision to Reality. And that's where you can give to the building and we, we want to do it kind of just like Obama did it. he raised his funds it was just people ordinary everyday people $25 that helped him to raise millions of dollars in a economy that people were saying that is depressed I think that's God and I believe God can do it for us and we want you to give once again now if God has touched and moved and worked in your life as a result of you listening to this ministry, we want you to give to vision to reality and help us to make our building here in Paul's Valley, state of the arts, build a reality because you've taken time to give 25, 50, 10, 100, and you may be able to do more. Whatever God is laying on your heart, we need you so we can build this vision to a reality. May God bless you and keep you is my prayer. Again, go to the website, www.heargodsword.com.